Um, but tonight, as we gather, uh, what what's coming to me is is the nature of God is is uh, he he really is a contrarian when you think of it. He certainly is contrary to what we think, right? And I, I don't know uh, what you expect here tonight, but um, I believe God really does thrive on doing what men deem impossible. I remember this. Uh, when we first came into the, the, to the body, uh, some guys were sent down from New Hampshire, and this one guy was a Vietnam pilot. He, he had a great heart, but he really could not sing, but he was leading us in this song, Behold, I will do something new in the earth, in the earth. Now it will spring forth to birth, will you be aware? Right in Isaiah 43. Um, I'll make your way in the, in the wilderness, the river, in the desert. Anyway, that, that is the, the nature of the God that we serve. So as we approach him tonight, uh, I don't know what your fear is or what your doubt is, but let's come with hearts open. He can do what he wants to do. And he can move with us. He can move in spite of us. But let's trust him tonight that he will move on our hearts in the area where we are most needy. So, thank you. We'll gather.
all the food that you're supplied from your word. And we are being well satisfied. We are being met by you this night. sense of it and some of these things then only as we follow on further along we'll, we'll understand why but uh, you, do, you do look um, like the Lord touched you too David I, I witnessed to that anyway um, I guess if I was uh, like I thinking about the contrary nature of God it's like I could almost like dedicate this word to Brother Bill tonight. Um, we'll see how it comes out. But no, really, we know that his desire is for all things to continue as they have since the beginning. Not. Um, the, the further along we go, the more he, uh, he's desiring us not to follow the form 
the form in the scaffold, it was good. And I, don't you appreciate the things that God has used, but um, to get us where we are and to jolt us. I mean, we just have been, had, we've had to be jolted at times in our lives, catapulted to move us forward out of our stagnation. But, but you know, we don't ever want to stop and, and, and continue holding to the form as though that was what did it. It just, it was a means. So I, I feel encouraged tonight in a way, um, just about the way God could move and has moved here in ways that we don't expect him. And it's like the, the value of the word um, that's come is so, is so, it's getting clearer and clearer. It's not like uh, if you're, really tonight, if you're expecting something new from me, it's not, you're going to be disappointed. At, at best, there may be something uncovered that, that's been here all along in our midst that you just haven't seen or you see in different light. That's why I think the word's been coming, really. Um, and when there's receptivity to the word, our knowledge and our understanding of God, it, it really, it, it, it grows. I mean, it's really about we should be continuing to grow. If your growth stops, then we need, you, something's, you need to take a look. Something's not... Something needs to be uh, examined, I guess, because because we we should be growing. But with that, um, growth does not mean that I that as I as my knowledge of God and my understanding of God and my discernment of God and my ability to hear as as, as that grows, it doesn't mean necessarily that I I always will know God's next move. Um, or, or that I'll always have an answer. You know, a, a ready answer. It's not necessarily what it means, but really rather, um, as I grow, I believe God's taking me or us to a place where I'm okay if I don't know. If I don't have an answer. But um, I know one thing. Um, I know God's not going to let me down. I know that God is going to be faithful. Right? That's the most important knowing. You know, uh, sometimes I think, uh, I think about just different times that we, we can expect more of others or, and more of ourselves in terms of, of having an answer and, and needing an answer. Um, really, uh, because I, I feel like I, the further I go, the less I know. And I'm, like, I'm proud of it, too. No, um, <laughs> like I used to be ashamed of it. I say that, I'm proud of it now. In a way, like, it's like, I, I, you come to me, I'm supposed to have something for you. This is my job, whatever it is. It's like, and when it wasn't there, it's like, something wrong with me. And, and I, I found, I just... I'm more at ease in the spirit to know that, that I don't have to be something that, to you or to, that only God can be in a way. I can pray and stuff, but, but if you come in, in a way, um, if you come for an answer and the, and, and, and the cross of God is working in my life, I just use me as an example, because and I'm, I'm, that's really where the power is. 
Though I might not be able to give you a ready answer, I believe because if the cross is at work, right, there will be something that can help settle the angst in you. It's like, and you can walk away knowing it's like the need to, know, to have an answer takes a back seat. When you connect with someone that, that, that has life and you, you, you're looking for something from them, you may not get specifically what you want, but what you come away with is what you really needed. If you understand that, it's like, and, and, and you just find like there's, there's just not the angst. We can, we can have a lot of angst feeling like we, we need to know something and we need some clarity. We need some, something more. We need, we need some explanation from God. Um, but anyway, um, One, one thing I, I do realize that um, if I think I know what you need, I, I, I may mess it up. And I may really more, more than not interfere with what God's wanting to do. You know, I don't, I don't, if you hear how I'm saying that. Um, thinking that I know the way that, that God's going to go. And I mean, when, when you know something, you need to step up. I value somebody, anyone here, that, that when they feel like they've heard, like it, they, they don't need to tout it or to defend it. It's not their word, it's God's word. You, but you lead with it. I mean, so, so, sometimes we're so afraid to take a position. Like, what we don't want to offend. What I mean, God's not afraid to offend. I mean, when you, when, if you feel like you've heard and there's some confirmation, then you, you need to feel like you can, you can step up with that, right? But, but with that, um, I just know that the times, um, I just say it like this, watch out for the times when you really think you know, like you just blindly know, just, you, you know, when someone, especially if you just pop off with something, like just, we can, we can be so quick just to, someone comes and just like, just like, put something out there just this is the way they do you should this and you should that this is the way this is what you need to do well, maybe not right is really what I'm trying to say we don't really know uh, and when we think we know we can get ourselves in trouble and, and really end up really being in opposition to to what God wants to do because um, he really is his contrary and and um, I find myself at times maybe easy to grow discouraged trying to force God to, to do what I think he should do in, in the lack of understanding what he really is doing in the recesses of a heart I, it just this should not be happening and this is what this is like this is what we've heard all our life this is what this is what should be happening and you try to push that and that's that really can be the source of discouragement I think because I, I said this, um, maybe it was last, last week one time. I felt like God is, is really working and dealing with us in the areas where we're not really in agreement and we're not really on page um, with what God's doing. That's, that's my thinking. And that comes really, you know, I think I know what God should be doing. And he's not doing that. Remember, he's doing, you know, something else. But when I'm not in agreement, you know, I'm really, 
I'm really at cross purposes. And I can be divided, you know. You think about, you know, would you say if you had to take a poll, you know, are you, are you, with what God is doing in your life, are, is, there, is there a genuine contentment? Not, not indifference, but I mean where you are at rest with, with the way God's been moving and the way he's been dealing and you're not in opposition. You're not, you know, you're not wanting something that God's, you know, it's not the time for whatever, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a rest. You think about it. It's, I don't really want to find myself at, at cross purposes. Um, because when, when, when I am, you know, I, God has his means of, of turning me. You, you can go a long way with something you think is right. It should be happening. You know, and, and, and you can be so head set on it. And, and, and God in his faithfulness and his love, he's not letting up on us. He, he has his means of slowing us down and getting our attention and turning us back. Because it's his, his intent really to get us on page with, so that's what co-laboring is. Where, I, where I'm on page. I might not understand it, but I really accept the work that God's doing. I, 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 I want to hurry it up, you know, but I'm not going to frustrate his, his purpose. Um, and I think, I think uh, I, I've been reflecting on this for some, the last few days, really in particular, about God's approach to turn us. You know, you, you think, is, is, is there an area right now that maybe when you take away everything, maybe what God's been trying to do is get you to think about something different? Just to, to not, not bring down the gavel. Maybe there's something you don't see, right? Um, and, and, and God's means of turning us, I think, is, is, is his approach is to first do no harm. Like he... he he doesn't resort to, uh, I don't know, what came to mind was a ball bat when you, you can use something softer, right? You know, I guess that's been the expression in my life, you know, you need, need somebody to use a ball bat on you to get your attention. But I will read this scripture here. It's in Lamentations. It says, you think about what does it take really to turn you, your heart and my heart to get on page, really to, to, to get in agreement with what, what God's doing. In, in Lamentations 3, it reads this. For the Lord will not cast off forever, but though he cause grief, yet will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. I love this. He will have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. For he doth not afflict willingly. I mean, I... I deal regularly with someone that just cannot get over that. And they just, they are just, they can't get past the fact that, that how can God not afflict? He doesn't. He only resorts to whatever means are necessary in his love and his care for his sons to turn, to turn our hearts, right? He does not afflict willingly nor grieve the children 
of men. So he really only resorts to stronger measure when it's needed. And we talked uh, a little bit about this last week. This is, this is kind of a continuation of what where David was last week. Because um, that was the case with Paul. And I said this at the end, you know, really for God the turning, uh, he had to resort to the, using what's called the goad, right? And if you just a refresher, the goad is what farmers used. It was a long piece of wood, blunt on one end, and it had a point on the other end. And they held it right behind the, the oxen's leg. And, uh, and if they refused to go, they would get a little closer. And sooner or later, the, the ox would kick against it. It's kicking against the prick, right, the point, in an effort to, to move them. And some of the, some, I would suspect some oxen were well bloodied when they came out of the field. How about you? What, what, what kind of force does God have to resort to, you know, really to, to get our attention, right? But I love God. He doesn't, he doesn't let up. And obviously the more, the more they kick, the more pain this thing would inflict, obviously. The more there was a, a bucking of God's plan and his purpose, I guess. So with Paul, God did have to resort to the goat. And this is in Acts 9. I think David read this. And he said, after he was encountered and God, you know, he, he, he had to be knocked off his high horse. Because he thought he really knew. He just, he was all about what he thought was the right way. Right? So God had to knock him off his high horse. And he said, um, and the Lord said, he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou preachest, persecutest, preachest. Yeah, he would be. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And, I, and that's, just think about how, how far you can go when God really is trying to get our attention to turn us. Do not be like the horse. This is in uh, Psalm 32. Do not be like the horse or like the mule which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will come not near you. What does it require? God to turn you. I think sometimes we, we don't even realize we're not on page until something comes up that, that all of a sudden is like a slap in the face and we revolt. Right? We just like, if you have that kind of a reaction to something that just occurred, perhaps God is moving in faithfulness to, to get our attention so that we get in agreement and come on, get under, get on page with what He really is doing. Right? And that's the time when you see that really to, to, to come under, to, to soften. Not to, not, you know, that's when pride is at its peak. Just been insulted. You just offended. And it's like it's just everything in you wants to keep plowing rather than to, to soften. Okay, you know, God, you want to have your way, Lord, right? So I think really that, at least from my perspective, a source of disagreement stems from me thinking I know really how God should move and when he should move. Right. As I said, though, he really he's a contrarian. Actually, you see that with Paul, like Paul, Paul was at his worst. Look, think about the nature of God. And I'm just trying to say, like, 
Don't, don't be so boxed in. There's, there, God, God made me moving and you don't see it. He just wants us to, to, to get acquainted with the new ways he's going to move. Yeah. The new, what's the new norm, perhaps? I mean, that's, that's the God. You think, you know, he just loves to think out of, of the box. I, I'm not just for creating change for the sake. We just need a change. Th those kind of efforts have failed for the most part. When God touches something and we see, we recognize the need, we made some major changes last coming out of uh, COVID days, right? I mean, like, you know, it's a lot of, and, and, and most of them have been pretty good. But I think that, you know, they were, they were the result of just a lot of discussion and really reflecting and what, what's the Lord saying for this family? What does he want? You know, and that's just not, not just so we can, we have always done it. Let's just do something different. I'm tired of what we, that doesn't. It doesn't do it. But, but God here with Paul. I mean, he was at his worst. No, nobody was betting on Paul. None of the Christians were betting on Paul. When God said, oh, maybe that's why, maybe that got his attention. Like, this, this, he took the worst of possibilities. That everybody, if we would have been there, we would have said the same. This, I mean, even after the conversion. I'm not, I'm not condemning them. Like they still were spooked. This is a guy that was sent here to, 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 to uh, corral the Christians and imprison them. And, you know, right? That's when God moved. At, at the, the, the worst possible time, he decides to move on that guy's life and turn him. That's the nature of God. That's the contrary nature of God that we serve, right? How many times have you, have you known for sure this is the way it was going to be? Only right to be proven? Maybe not. Not so fast, right? God doesn't have a problem uh, taking it an opposing view. Is it? Brother Buddy always said, right? You know, if, if you want to find out what God's doing, you, you see which way the crowd goes. And, and, you, and you go the other way, right? And, and with that, you want to be careful about following the masses. Because sometimes the M is silent. So that's another reason to watch the way you go. Anyway, in 2 in Kings, I think we know this. This is just a couple of passages here that, that make a point. About the nature of God. And just the way the way that God really is moving. Right? Naaman, when he when he sought Elijah and was told to dip seven times, you know, he had a mind frame of what he thought was going to happen. And it just stopped everything until that was dealt with. And he said, Behold, I, I thought he was surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of his Lord and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. I, I would think like that. But I, I thought for surely he would have done this. Thank God for that little servant girl that spoke into his, his heart, right? Turned him. Um, 
Another reference in, in, in 2 Kings 6, you know, when Syria besieged Samaria, and, and at the same time there was a great famine in the land. And it says, uh, this is in 7.1, just, you can write it down. Then Elisha spoke up. This is a pretty bleak time, right? They're besieged and there's a, there is a famine on the land. But here comes the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then the Lord, whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make the windows of heaven uh, to open, might this thing be? I mean, that just, that's good reason. How, how, how could this thing be? I mean, it just is, I mean, it was so bleak. They were, they were in such a deep, they were, I'll, I'll spare the language, but they, they, were, they were so starved and famished at that point when this thing came. Just an impossible feat. But it's like it caught God's attention. And he turned the whole thing and, when it, and, this, and, and he routed the Syrians, right? And they were in plundering the camp. And that guy who doubted was trampled, right? At the gate. We heard this a couple times this week when, when uh, Sister Diana read this uh, maybe at the beginning of the week, right? In 1 Kings 20. When Israel warred against the Syrians in the 22, and the prophet came to the king of Israel and said unto him, Go strengthen thyself and mark and see what thou doest. For at the return of the year, the king of Syria will come out against thee. And the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, king of Syria, Their gods are the gods of the hill. Therefore, they are stronger than we. This is the crafty wisdom of the world, right? But let us fight against them on the plain, for surely we will be stronger than they. And again, it's like it took things getting to that point where God intervened. I, I don't know. I mean, like we have some needy situation where we are we desperately need God to move spiritually and just with physical needs, right? I'm not putting something out like a fairy tale. I just, I really believe that we are dealing with a God who, who can do anything, right? And when we least expect. So, to, to open your eyes, you know, I started this with a, at the beginning, like what, what kind of an expectation do we have here tonight? That's not, that's not limit God. Anyway, not to drag this out. He says uh, in verse 26 of chapter 20, And it came to pass at the return of the year that Ben-Hadad numbered the Syrians and went up against Aphek to fight against Israel. And the children of Israel were numbered with all present and they went against them. And the children of Israel pinched, pitched before them like two little flocks of kids. But the Syrians filled the country. 
And there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is the God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver all this great multitude into thy hand, and he shall know that I am the Lord. And they, he did it, right? We know the end of the story there. He, he did. But, but I love it, right? That's just because they said this. They think this. This is what, this is what everybody thinks is going to happen. I'm going to do this. Right? All through the Gospels here, the last reference you know, we know that Jesus was moving contrary. He just was, he was, he was a thistle to particularly the Pharisees. And in Luke 2, it says, And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when, when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind them in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew it not. But they, supposing him, there's another word. Supposing him. How, how easy is it for us to suppose this is where we would find the Lord. Supposing him, it says, to have been in their company. They went a day's journey. And they sought him among their kinsfolks and acquaintances. That's where, that's where you'd think he should be found. I mean, surely at 12... Where was he, right? And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. Verse 48 says they sought him sorrowingly. They sought him when they found him. You know, we have sought you. They, they would have grieved. Any parent would have. Right? And how many times is he not found where you think he should be? Or he's not, he's not found where you have sought for him. Right? And there are times even when he, he, he has to take us through a sorrowful time. At times. So that we can find him in a, new, in a new way. If that's what it takes. I don't like sorrow. Who likes, who likes to seek him sorrowfully? You know, in times of sorrow. But, but that's, that's times where he, he may want to show himself anew and afresh, right? I, you know, I, when I'm uh, talking about expectation, you know, I, I didn't say much about a recent, uh, when we were back in Pennsylvania, it was a very short time. But, uh, I've had a lot, you know, and Ron, a lot of sorrow what we've been dealing with. And I went with a certain expectation that the whole time I was there, as I, you know, my brother couldn't have been better. I mean, like, I actually enjoyed just being with him. You know, it's like, you know, uh, I can only say that clearly was God. I've tried this, I've tried that, and it's like, it just doesn't work. For whatever reason, and I, I do attribute it also to prayer, yes. that, that he was in check. So, so, so watch out. 
when you think you know, you, you, you may not, there may be something that God still wants to show if, if you and I really will, will open our heart. I was pleasantly surprised by that. In Romans 11, it says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments. In His ways past finding out. There's a lot more to learn. Let's not stop, right? Let's keep, let's keep seeking. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been His counselor? Or who hath first given to Him? And it shall be recompensed unto him again. Question mark. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And lastly, in, uh, we know this passage. But it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither entered the, into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. I mean, think of the expanse of, of the God that we serve. Hasn't even entered into the heart. All that He is. Surely that's not be myopic, microscopic in how we think He should move. In the way we think He should move. In the time frame. Right? But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. And so we're really headed, I think, into a, a day where God has things planned that we haven't seen. They just, they, 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 they've been hiding really in plain sight, right? But in my, my own understanding isn't going to unlock that. It's a connection with the Spirit. We have an attorney ever present with us that can show us the deep things of God if we call upon Him, right? Anyway, that's, that's where I'm at. Thank you. The direction of God and the mystery of who He is, language uh, um, fails us so, many, so often. But there's uh, some, a good place to look because it, it's occurred to me in the last uh, handful of years, um, the, the suddenness that the church would make. And, um, and, just, and, and one of the most uh, significant scriptures for us in this hour is uh, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. And, and the and, and to be as kind uh, and, I, and I don't feel uh, critical at all because God knows the kind of um, trap that that people come into to try to perform the work of God and you don't have to do this you know you are called uh, you've been born again you have uh, glorify life waiting for you. It's there. It's sure. And, and, and we can settle where we have been and uh, with our information, with the gifts, 
with all that we've known. Because God is a God of love and, and, and once uh, he, he buys you, he purchased you, uh, he owns you, and he's not going to toss you because uh, this seems difficult. But, and I, I just wanted to get this little point across. When, when Moses came down from the mountain, and it's talked about in the, in the chapter there, where um, in, in Corinthians, they couldn't look at him because he'd been with God. And he, he, they were still under the law. But the, his face and his countenance was so outstanding that they had to, uh, <laughs> they couldn't look at it. And, and Paul puts this together in Corinthians and he, and he ends it up by, by indicating, uh, he, he says it this way, um, and not as Moses which put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded, for until this day they remain under the same veil. And, and that goes for any of us who think we can do this and that, that isn't an act of, of God doing it in us because we're free. And, and, and so the, the kind of intensity, the kind of uh, authority coming down on you, I, I, try, I hope they'll never see it again. I hope the, the, the measure and the intensity of gotta do it, gotta do it, because you don't have to do anything but take what you've had. And the, the church at this time, that's what they've done all over the world. And even in the move, there is a great deal of satisfaction. And I also think we've made a major turn because it, there's an awakening coming on. We prayed upstairs uh, that there would be, uh, that the Lord would meet us. We came downstairs and with a couple of songs and the Holy Spirit was there. I, I, I know I wasn't alone there, do you agree? It, it was very rich and it was, it was soul searching. But as we look at this, if we see the relationship and, 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 and be careful about believing that uh, God doesn't afflict you, he's every son he receives, he scourges and he chastens. So, you know, the language there, but his intent, I believe his intent, his ultimate intent is, he knows that the sons will endure and take whatever direction or whatever has to be there. And so we, you know, you're, you're victors. But when Paul looked, he was, he was absolutely beside himself talking to the Galatians because they wanted to do this and they thought they could pull it off. 
And, and, and so to me, the, the takeaway for us every day is God, please, please, Lord, please allow me, allow me to give myself to you. And, and I want, <laughs> I want to be able to endure whatever cross you take me through. And I, and there's a great deal of fear on the earth. I'm on the phone a good part of the day, and there are people in our midst who will not meet, and they're even afraid that some will turn them in if they meet because of, of the law that's on the land. So we're, we're in a whole different uh, uh, place tonight, and it's very vital for us to see that. So God bless you, and uh, you don't have to do this. You don't have to take another step forward in any enterprise that God has. What, what moved me was the fact that he had all, all of these things. I had an inheritance. I had that which was waiting for me, and he was giving it to me. And all I had to do is give myself. And I, I could not, <laughs> I mean, that, that's the, the, um, the, the aspect of, of his great love that breaks you. Because it is a love relationship. We, we, we hate ourselves when we back off and when we see our immaturity doing that. Yeah. So God help us. Bow your heads and let's ask the Lord uh, to, to give us a great understanding of our relationship with him and his nurturing. And, and it's very difficult and I thought Richard said, well, you cannot put God in some box, though he stayed in one. <laughs> the, the Jews carried him around and believing he was there, and if they did anything uh, out of order, they would die, and they, some did. Father, tie us together. We thank you for the difficulty for the impossibility of us uh, being able to do this. Give us a, a dependency and awareness. Uh, you've given us indifference. We've, we've hated our nature but when we backed off or when we've complained. We've seen the, the vicissitudes of our, of our filth and our darkness. Even, even being born again and being cast in a new place. And so be with us, be with our, our, our loved ones, be with Kathy tonight, Lord, be with the indefinite uh, aspect of disease uh, that seems to plague uh, parts of this family and around the world. Be with the widows tonight that have lost their men, that are alone, who cry in the night and lean over and, and have forgotten that they've gone. Uh, give us a heart to care and to know that, that you have destined us. You've given us a destiny and a purpose that's greater than mankind can ever, ever know or fuel for himself. And we, we ask you to be with, with us as we, as we root ourselves in the word that you've given us. That, that you, 
You are, are a God of great love, inexplicable, invisible. We, we want to, to know your closeness. We want to be approved of you by, by your actions upon us. We ask this thing together in Jesus' name and everybody said, God help us. Amen. Amen.